Well, good morning, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Praise the Lord. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Prayer Wars, intercessors, amen. YouTubers, amen. Facebook Live streamers, podcast people, amen. Praise God for enlarging our territory, moving us forward, amen. On top of technology, thank God for the update that have gone out. We're going to be moving to YouTube. For those of you that are out there, shift, we're making a shift, moving on with up and forward, amen. Keeping up with the mainstream of where everybody is at, where the listeners at, where the audience is at. So we want to explore it this morning. So we thank God this morning that we are have the technical capability within our ranks to be able to just keep us flowing real smooth there. So we thank God for Bishop Quinn and Pastor Pastor Pastor, all of those of us who hands on deck when we need to be to keep the word going forth. And we have others too that are technically able to help us to be able to access it too. So we thank God for that. We kind of bless him. In Jesus' name, amen. And so we, Father, give you all the praise and glory and the honor for it now. Now, Lord God, let us use it effectively to be a witness, oh God, to all those that are out there, Lord God, that have no other way to hear the gospel but through, Lord God, the podcast, Lord God, through the track culture line, Lord God, through the YouTube, Lord God, the Facebook Live, every streaming uh, avenue that we have, where we use it for your glory, Lord God. And so bless it this morning, add increase to it this morning, save souls by it this morning, heal people by it, use it for your glory, Lord God, as we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, we pray. <clears throat> Amen. All right, then, well, this morning, we're going to pick up our study this morning. Praise the Lord, everyone. Thank you and welcome. Welcome to Creating a Prayer Culture for God, Prayer Line Live Christian Podcast. We would like to send a special thank you to Anchor Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Podbean, Audible, Player.fm Podcast, YouTube, and Google Podcasts. These are platforms in which you can join in and listen to the message as it goes forth. We just want to thank God for allowing us to be able to share his good news. Uh, So please join us. And now let us get back to the message. God bless. chapter about love spiritual love and love of god and love for god and how to prove that we are born of god and know god because we learn how to love one another and just awesome you can never teach enough and know enough and learn enough about love uh, because god is love amen and, and and we have to love god in order to love others even to love ourselves amen and so we're going to pick up our study this morning thank god Pastor Eric, Pastor Phoebe, for the word yesterday. Amen. Thank God for what we learned in School of Healing. Thank God for every opportunity he gives us to better learn more about the revelations of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Those unveiling, those revealing, things that we sometimes take for granted that we know, and then all of a sudden they appear and we'd be like, man, I didn't know that. You know, and it's so much contained in one word, and you know there's 
so much contained in the volume of the book. It is so much contained in one word. And Jesus is the center character of the Bible. The whole word is about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah Christ, the anointed one, the promised Savior, the hope of every nation. Amen. The captain of our souls, the bishop of our salvation. His name is Jesus, the only name by which men can be saved. And so it's good to be able to identify the revelations of Jesus Christ. So when we look in the scripture, we know exactly where it's pointing to. We know exactly who it's talking about. Amen. And so we thank God for being able to access these revelations, these, these teachings, these revealings about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we're going to get into the word this morning. Like I said, we finished up with verse 16 and we moved on to verse 17. Amen. And just a couple of scriptures from 16 uh, over in the book of, it says, verse 16, and this is the first book of John, chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Hopefully we'll get that down to 18, maybe 19 today. Let's just kind of see how far we can go here. And uh, verse 16, we kind of finished up, is finishing up with it. It said, uh, as we have known and believed the love that God has to us, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. So we said that that was a great confession that every believer, every Christian believer should have. We do know and believe the love of God. That's all that's saying. That's the confession that we do because that's how we act in love is what we know and what we believe causes us to act in love, causes us to walk in love, you know, causes us to do things that we don't normally do. Amen. But because we know and believe what is required, that we love our neighbors as ourselves, that we love God more than anything or anybody or any place, that we love one another and we pray for one another, even those who persecute us. And it takes a real knowledge of God and a real belief that God who is love is he is love. You know, and if, and if we say we love God who we've never seen and can't love others who we see every day and we're lying, the truth is not in us. Amen. And so it's, it's kind of, it kind of comes back to us there because we have no excuse because once we walk in the spirit of God, which we have been baptized with the Holy Ghost, the paracletos that helps us to love, the Bible said he sheds it abroad in our hearts by himself, by the Holy Ghost. And so that's the fruit of the spirit. Love, highest rank in the fruit is love. Amen. It's right at the top and everything else kind of hangs down on that. You know, on love. It's supported by love. And so we have to, in ministry, be supported by love. I know a lot of people think it's about the love of money, but that's the root of all evil. But it's just love. You know, the big umbrella, love, you know, now by this faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. And so this is what God requires of us. And so over in the book of Colossians, as we transition and move toward verse, another verse, or verse 17, finish up 16, it says, Who also declared unto us your love, in the spirit and that's in the book of colossians chapter one verse eight of the king's damn bible so we see the relationship right there if we have the spirit of god then we have love because he produces love that's the first thing he does he sheds abroad in our heart love by himself because he know how important love is that that's not the anchor you know then it doesn't matter other other fruit don't have anything to hang on that's mentioned in the book of galatians chapter 5 verse 22 of the king's damn bible so there's nothing that supports it. There's no anchor for it, you know. But see, when the Holy Ghost is there, you know, just like it says, who also declared unto us your love in the spirit, okay? Because you can't have the spirit without the ability to love. And you can't love without the 
the ability of the spirit, you know? So it's kind of like this unique relationship. You got to have God and you got to have his spirit. And then you got to have what the spirit produces in order to love. Just that simple. You know, those, those are the steps right there. Amen. It calls us to walk in love. We know, we believe, and now we walk and we do. Okay. We, we give, we, 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 we do all those things that is required because we say we love God. We're born of God, you know? And so, Colossians, the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 8, the King James Bible, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. Amen. And so, in Colossians, the third chapter, verse 14 of the King James Bible, the book of Colossians, the third chapter, verse 14 of the King James Bible, it also picks this theme up and it says this, and above all these things, put on charity. And we know charity means love. You know, it's the greatest out of faith and you know it, it says now by the faith hope and love and we know charity that that generous spirit amen and one of the best things to give people is love you know because the world needs more love you know there's so much hatred out there right now and i think the cancellation of any spirit of hatred is the spirit of love showing up in the lives of those who say they love god i know a lot of times we want the world to love us it's incapable it didn't love him it's not gonna love us but for those of us who know him and are born of him we should believe that that love works in us. You know, it works by faith that we preach. Amen. And this is why we do what we do, because we love God. We, we take this word and, and it grows our faith. It produces our faith because love has to work by faith and faith has to work by love. Because nobody's seen God yet. But those who were actually with him that wrote these, learning these, these scriptures down for our learning, I mean, they had firsthand account. They laid a good foundation, and it's still holding fast today. You know, it's no greater foundation. There's no other foundation. That which has already been laid. And Lord told Peter, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. So we love God. We'll do exactly what we're doing. There's a, there's sheep out there just like us that's of the fold. There's some that's not of the fold yet. Love is what's going to draw them. But he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw them. How are you going to draw them? By loving kindness. Same way he drew us. Same way he drew those before us. Loving kindness, you know. Tender mercy, you know, God's love just keeps giving, it keeps drawing, you know, it keeps, uh, you know, introducing God to people, you know, because everybody out there without love cannot deny love. There ain't no law against it, you know. We may deny the power of God, but we can't deny his love. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Even though sometimes people say they don't, they don't believe in God, they hate and all that. But see, when the right situation shows up, all that'll change. And the love of God to be right there for them, because he, you know, he 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 chose to love the whole world, unlike us, unconditionally. There's nothing else that can annul it. There's nothing can improve on it. There's nothing can take away from it. And anybody out there right now, whosoever will, if they decide to come, God's love is just as effective in their life as it is in ours and the ones before us and anybody else. Nothing can separate us from that love, you know, especially those of us that really belong to him, have accepted him as our Lord and Savior, who have, who have received him, you know. It should be obvious enough, but for those who are still out there, man, kind of hanging out on the outskirts, haven't come yet, but he said, he said, hey, there are those that have not yet come. They're worshiping me afar off. They worship me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. He included them, just as well as the unjust. You know, that love is, is, is just 
so unconditional that it can have that effect on people. And this is why we got to let people know. But everybody sometimes is going through, think they hate it. That's why they're going through. A lot of folks blame, you know, I'm black. That's why white hate me. No, they have the inner, they're incapable of loving you because they don't have the love of God in their heart. Well, guess what? We hate them too. So what is it? What is it? What is it with us? You know, we, we think, you know, and I hate to say it, but there's, there's a, there's a petition right now in the body of Christ. A lot of people want to go to a black church. I'm looking for a black church. I don't want to fellowship with the white brothers or the, or the Spanish or this or that. Everybody want to be compartmentalized, but we say we love God and we're Christians and Jesus died for everybody. We're very diverse. You know, diversity has always been on the planet. You know, you've always had different cultural ethnic groups. And so sometimes people act like black. It's the first time they ever seen black folks in the neighborhood. And sometimes they retaliate, you know, and then sometimes black folks are saying, wait, what the white folks doing over here? What are they looking for? You know, and see all that stuff right there cancels out the effect that love can have on our brothers and our sisters, you know, and their hearts are waxed colder and colder because they see the stares, they see the body language, you see it, you pick up on the vibes. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's right now, lack of love is causing more murder, it's causing more bloodshed, it's causing more road rage, it's causing more people to take things in their hands and to go off in the Walmarts and to go off in the and go off out in the marketplace. And sometimes they walk in the church out of anger, you know, want to shut it down. You know, people just in there worshiping God, you know, but these are some of the things, man, when we put these petitions there and, you know, we, we, we pick and choose, we have respect to persons or who we going to love, who we going to share with. Who we gonna give it to, you know, you know. And so, but see, God has no black church, he has no white church, he has no Catholic church. All these are, are man-made religions. You know, they create these, like the four thousand four hundred that's out there, because they struggle with the deity of Christ. And if you understand the deity of Christ, that means that there's nobody higher than him. That there's no force greater than him. And what gives him that power is two things: humility and love. He humbled himself unto death to reconcile us back to the Father. But he did it because he loved God. His need was to do the will of him to send him out of love. Those are two powerful attributes and characteristics that Jesus put on display from the time he showed up all the way to the end, didn't back down, humbled himself all the way to the point of death and died to death, you know, and then pleased the Father by loving what the Father, you know, had asked him to do, proved it to him, demonstrated it to him. And so we see right there, he says, and above all these things, put on charity, talking about love, which is the bond of perfectness, you know, you know, talking about maturity, love, love has a level of maturity about it. It's like nothing can, nothing can annul it, nothing can divorce it, nothing can separate you from it. See, that's the maturity of love. If you're going to love somebody, man, love them because God first loved you or loved me or loved us. That's, I shouldn't, I shouldn't need no, nothing else to be added to that because when I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me out of love. What manner of love is this? It's a, it's a, it's a mature love. You know, it was, it's a mature love. It means there's nothing else you can add to it or take from it. It's just love. And it's powerful. Nothing greater. You know, nothing greater. Greatest. It's the greatest. And that's, 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 a, that's the perfectness of it. That's the maturity of it. It's seasoned. It's, 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 it's as powerful as it can get to do the job. It'll draw people. It's so powerful. It'll draw people. God uses it to draw people to himself. Love. That's the power it has. Drag them out of stuff when the heat is on, when it gets, gets so bad and they figure there's nowhere else to go and the whole world's against them. God love shows up to 
drag you out of that pit, drag you out of that pit, and pull you into the fold, you know, as one of his sheep. That's in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 14 of the King James Bible. And over in the book of First Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 8 of the King James Bible, it says, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. See, everything we do for God, every spiritual work, every spiritual walk we make, step we take, it's one of faith. And it should be easy if we are operating in love because we love to do it. It may be hard and difficult, but just like Jesus, Father, if it be your will, take this bitter cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. It's signifying there that to carry out the, the, the visit to the earth to seek and to save the lost out of love was one of the hardest things he'd ever been asked to do by his father. But out of love, he did it. And so just like they're saying, here, put that breath plate on, okay? If you're going to walk in that love, because let me tell you something, there will be arrows out there. There will be fiery darts. I experienced a whole lot of but it didn't stop me from loving God. It didn't stop me from doing the work, the labor of love, to get the word out, to keep going. And I turned it into an opportunity to post something that encouraged people. And he said, put on that, you know, that breastplate of faith and love, you know. And for hell, man, the hope of salvation. And I got a real lot of faith, good feedback when I shared really what was going on is that my self-righteousness and my pride tried to come in and, and, and shake my foundation, which was based on love, love of God. I wanted to please him, you know, and I knew that I, I, I had to get rid of some stuff out of my character that was still hanging around, trying to lurk around, trying to take a foothold and take a precedent in there. And I recognized, see, that's love. That's love. God didn't throw me away, kick me out the kingdom, man. And, and, and sometimes people hear somebody say that they think first thing they think is you failed. No, if, 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 if he tells me in the book of Isaiah chapter uh, 64, verse 6, that my righteousness is as a filthy rag, I don't, I don't feel like a failure. I feel like I know who I am now. And sometimes people think because they don't do everything perfect, they're a failure. And they think when others share with them the transparency of what went on, you're a failure. Now, all of a sudden, they start feeling sorry for you. They start telling you all this. And, you know, well, you know, just trust God. Just trust God. I do trust God. That's not a failure because me as a pastor said, my righteousness is as a filthy rag. And I, and some self-righteousness and some pride showed up. It didn't stay, but it showed up. You know, it tried to exalt itself above the knowledge of who God is. But I was able to rest my thoughts and bring them back into captivity. Why? Because I love God. And I knew that I wasn't separated from the love of God. Failure was not even in the equation. Now, if I'd have gave in to the temptation and stayed there and dwelt there, hung out there, ain't no telling what kind of stronghold <laughs> could have developed. And so just sometimes when people are just being transparent and honest, don't mean that they fail. It's, it's, it's amazing to me how quickly people would jump to the conclusion that you done failed, you done messed up, you done sinned, you're going to die and go to hell. It's because you confess that, hey, I saw some self-righteousness. I saw some pride trying to surface in my life. And the love of God revealed it to me. And we, we, I give God the credit for that. He showed that to me. He exposed that. See, that love. Remember, he gave us the doctrine. Book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. He said, I gave 15 through 18. He gave us the doctrine. 
to be able to enlighten us. He said the reproof is it, good for reproof. It shows you what's going on. It shows you what's wrong. And it'll be like that until we see Jesus standing face to face. And he said, I gave it to you also when I show it to you to correct it. I quickly corrected it. Brought it back into the obedience of the knowledge of Jesus. I arrested it. You ain't supposed to be out here like that. My, 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 you can't go out there like that. Had to reel it back in, cast it down. And he said it's good for instruction and righteousness. You know, more than right and wrong, but righteousness. Sometimes we'll say, well, that's wrong for a pastor to say that. That's wrong for a pastor to be dealing with self-righteousness and pride. Well, see, if you don't deal with it, that's wrong. Sometimes folks just ignore it because they know the others don't 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 recognize it. They can't discern it. You know it because God showed it to you. But sometimes they just call right, wrong, and wrong, right, and just go right ahead on like it ain't nothing. I quickly repented. I quickly bind that thing up. I quickly cast it down and got out of my life so that the love of God could just come in and bathe me and soothe me. He didn't throw me away. Now, people would call you a failure when you say something like that. They'll start looking at you kind of cross at it because you're a pastor. See, they don't think you're supposed to be saying stuff like that. The pastor? Are you a pastor? And that happened? Are you a pastor? You got to remember who got the biggest targets now. You're doing effective work for God. You got a bigger target than anybody else. If you just going through the motion of denying the power of God, you might get an error every now and then a fire with the occasion. Just to let you know you got enemy. But see, I understand Satan, my adversary, under the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10 of King James Bible. He he's out there, man. He, you know, he's trying to kill, still and destroy, trying to shut my mouth. He's trying to kill, still and destroy me. I can't say that about nobody. I don't know what he's trying to do then, but I know he's probably trying to kill, still and destroy all God's children. I know he's trying to kill, still and destroy me. But see, Jesus came. He, and I know this, that I might have life and have it more abundantly. And love brings that life abundance. It brings it to you. You know, you just can't deny the power of God. You know that it's God. You know from whom your blessings flow. You know, you know when it comes down. You know when, when God is showing and exposing something. See, that's love that keeps giving. He keeps giving you an, a, a way to escape that you can bear it. You know, he, he keeps showing you a way out of it. You know, just tell you to confess it. I, I'm faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse of all your unrighteousness. You know, and so he says right there, man, he says, but let us, okay, I like that, us, who are of the day, you know, the day meaning, you know, of the day that we're doing work for God because we don't know when Jesus shall be to come. So we're working, you know, while it's daytime because nighttime is coming, we're looking for souls to be saved every day. He said, be sober, okay, act like you know what who you are and what time it is. Don't act like no failure just because some things showed up. Don't let nobody treat you like you're afraid just because some things showed up and you were transparent enough to share it. Be sober. Be vigilant. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love. Don't think that God has abandoned you or forsaken you just because some self-righteousness tried to show up, some high things tried to show up. You know, you took some arrows and they came from every direction and from everybody in every place all, at, all of a sudden at once. You know? And love and for and hell meant the hope of salvation. We always say, put on that element of salvation. You know why? Anybody going to try to attack your mind with all them thoughts? You know, you're going to try to put double a double pattern of thought in your mind. And you got to recognize that. We do that by letting the mind of Christ Jesus be also in us. Renew our minds every day in the things of God. You know, 
And that's in the book of First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8 of the King James Bible. He goes on to say in the book of First Timothy chapter 6, verse 11, King James Bible, he says, but thou, O man of God, I love that. Self-righteousness showed up, pride tried to come in, but look at what God is saying. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. That's exactly what they have to do. They, they show up, flee them. You know, draw near to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee too. He'll flee from you too. And so there are sometimes we have to flee these things. We have to cancel these things out. We have to cast these things down. We recognize them. We discern them. This is why we pray and ask God to give us the spirit of discernment that we can discern between what's right and what's wrong. It's wrong for Satan to attack a child of God, but he does it anyway. It's wrong for us to accept the attack and not deal with it. Sometimes we turn our back and, 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 and run when we should face it. See, one of the ways to flee from things sometimes is to face it and put it back under your feet. And then leave and go on about your business and walk in faith and love with the breastplate of faith and love. And he says, you know, uh, old man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. You know, not the self-righteousness that showed up, not the temptation of pride. God hates it. And then a fall comes after. So if you don't flee from it, you're going to fall in the ditch probably. And if somebody follows you, they might fall in there too. And all of us would be in there doing no good. You know, but he gives us specific instructions here of what to follow after. All these are fruit that hangs on love, supported by love. You know, this, this is what should happen afterwards. Right here, you know. Holy Spirit start quickening these in us. And they start showing up, you know, every time we take them hit. That's in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11, the King James Bible. Also, uh, you know, as, as, as this verse comes to an end, it says, and we know, and, and says, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. So this, 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 this should not be any resistance when these things show up. We should know exactly what to do, you know. I'm just going to follow after what I know works. I'm going to follow after the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? That's what I'm going to do. That's what works. Okay? I got the Holy Ghost. So, yeah, I know it's there. I know it's within my heart. And it said, believe that love, believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. And so righteousness is there. I may have to wake it up and stir it up. Godliness is there. I may have to wake it up and stir it up. Faith is there. I may have to get it going. Faith without works is dead. Love is there. Nothing greater. Patience is there. Let it have a perfect work. Meekness is there. You know, that humbling yourself, being low. You know, sometimes, man, you got to be like a little baby. Sometimes we try to live up to the title, Pastor, and we should just be being living up to being a child of God. You know, titles get us in trouble sometimes. But we try to be perfect with a title. You know, and humility is as perfect as you can get. That's what Jesus did. Jesus, you know, he was the Savior. He was God's son. Everywhere, but he humbled himself. That, that was the way up for him. He humbled himself, and then he was glorified. You know, the humbling will take you so far, you know, down to bring you back up. You know, that's, 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 you know, it is that, when he gave me that word of the day about humility, you know, he said, you got to learn to die more than live more. That dying is about humility. Putting yourself under, dying daily, putting everything under you, putting you under you. You know, he said, because humility 
it is the soil. Like, you know, you, I love how he uses farm language. You know, I like to grow stuff. We like to grow stuff. Back of the soil, you know, the better the, the, the fruit. And he said, you know, humility is like that rich, rich spiritual soil, okay, that, that kind of, you know, produces spiritual fruit at the harvest. I'm like, wow, what a profound statement, you know. But it's so true. So let's get to verse 17 here. It says, Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. And so now this proves that God is going to deliver us from judgment. So now if he's going to deliver us in in judgment, what about the daily judgments that we face? So if he's going to do it in the end when it really, really matters, don't you think that God being the same yesterday, don't you think he judged his people back then, he's judging them right now? He said judgment's going to, be, it's going to begin at the household of faith anyway. So we should expect, because he loves us, to be chastened by God, to be chastised by God. I, I would rather have God chasing me than Satan or somebody that works for Satan or operates for Satan. I would rather, because, see, that's good for us. It builds character. A lot of folks out there right now, man, they have a gift of gab. They have all kind of gifts. They speak in all kind of tongues, but they have no character. They have no integrity, no interpersonal integrity. They just do anything that they feel like doing. They do anything that the weak-minded Christians allow them to do in the church, in the in the in the in the church of God. I don't care if you call it the church of God in Christ. I don't care if you call it the holy temple or whatever. But if there's no character in the people that that's 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 got the titles and wearing the titles that's supposed to be preaching and teaching, uh, you know, out of a pure heart with clean hands, it's misrepresenting God. And just because you name it something, you know, and claim something does not mean that you, you have character. You know, and until our integrity get by God, you know, until our, our character pleases God. It's just no integrity at all. We're deceiving ourselves. And we know that there's a lot of character flaws right now in the body of Christ. We see them. We hear them. The videos are out there. YouTubers are out there. We see this stuff. And a lot of times we get caught up in the hype. And, you know, and some folks go pattern their, their ministries because they see a lot of people shouting and dancing and, you know, doing all this choreographed stuff. And, you know, and they think that that's character. They think that, no, that's entertainment. That's Hollywood stuff. You know, church church should not look like Hollywood. You know, I'm working on the message that God got in my spirit, man. One day I'm going to preach it. I don't know when and where, but I know I'm going to preach it. He said, it's time out for having pretty church. We need to have ugly church. Well, you got people, man, crying out to God. They're broken because a broken heart and contrite spirit, God will not despise. It's not enough folks in church that's really broken from the core. And broken meaning I have failed God. I've let God down. Because I've got caught up in a system where I'm not expressing my love for God. I'm expressing my love for my bishop, my papa, my first lady, whoever. They're getting all the accolades. They're getting all the commendations. They're getting all the praise. They're getting all the honor. And we're giving it to them. You got more people celebrating man right now than you are God. It's a problem. But we say we love God. And we put people above and before him. And I'm not telling you not to honor them, but man, you ought to honor God more than you honor anybody. He's a savior. None of the folks got no power to save you. 
They won't even pray for you and lay hands on you and anoint you with all when you're sick. COVID done killed some of your family members. They're like, man, your friend. In church. When they told you, God said for y'all to go back in there. And y'all went. And they went. And some of them had other chronic illnesses that they shouldn't have went. But at the word of the bishop or the apostle, whoever, and they took the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 25, the King James Bible, and caused both men's lives to be cut short. Ignore all the other common sense stuff that's in the Bible. And they act like nothing happened. That's the will of God. It was time for, you know, crazy stuff, man. Look at what he's saying. Here in is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so are we in the world now do you think jesus would expose people to those kind of situations if he was if it was him if he was here right now going to every do you think he would look like when he went into the churches he identified the problems and he fixed them that wouldn't look like to me i said wonder why he went in the synagogue got sharing and did all those miracles and things he did they had priests, they had, they had people in there because it wasn't getting done. They were taking the money from the people now. They were, they, they were definitely doing that. People, people were bringing stuff to the, to the priests and whatnot. They were, they were paying their, 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 you know, their, 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 their tithes and they were giving what they had. But won't nobody get healed. You know, won't, won't, won't nobody getting that good solid truth about the Messiah. They were talking about Moses. They ran the law, adding to the law. They were, you know, persecuting people, man, arresting people, executing people, putting people in jail, taking, I mean, they were just taking people, taking their daughters, the son, making slaves out of them. The Lord had to come and fix that stuff. And then he said, look, you up in here done turned my father's house into a house of merchandise and cleaned it out. And said, my father's house would be a house of purity, number one, power, number two, prayer, number three, and perfected praise, number four. None of that was going on. Well, guess what's happening today, y'all? A lot of places, none of that is going on. And I don't want to call it a circus and a clown show. But some of this stuff that I'm seeing, man, is going on in the house of God in the name of Jesus. It's sickening. And what's sickening about it is that I don't feel now. This is me talking. Don't y'all, don't y'all grab, and you don't have to have the same I, I attitude I have about it. This is just how I see it. That if we really love God, you know, we would, we would, we would approach worship services different than the way I see them now. And I'm, hey, if you don't want me to make these comments, don't be putting it out there on YouTube. You're putting it out there asking for comments, so I'm giving them so everybody can hear. And you guys, say, I speak and said this. I'm saying it because I see it. I'm affected by it. You know? I think we have made such a shift away from that humbling ourselves, worshiping God in spirit and in truth, which he says, I'm looking for such to do that. You think he doesn't stop looking? No, he's still looking today. And we haven't we haven't perfected it yet. We're maturing yet. We're becoming more aware of it. We're discerning more and more that that's not it. Like we're getting further and further away from what God has always desired. The seeking and searching for such that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Engaging him in spirit and in truth. Reminding him, Father, you said this, Lord. You know, it, 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 it's not for him, it's for us. It's 
says that we've grown. It says that we understand. It says that we, you know, that God, we know, we know who it is we worship. You know? Wow, we've looked in your perfect law of liberty. We're still looking in there to learn more about you, what you require, what kind of worship you want. You want to be put in remembrance of this. In the book of Isaiah chapter uh, 43, verse 26, in the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, if them prophets had to remind him, don't you think we, we do too? We ain't no prophet, but we just believe We need to too. Especially those in leadership with titles. We should be leading the way. Our faces should be the ugliest, broken faces in the in the church because we have the responsibility for those souls that we say we watch out for your soul. Yeah, we watch out for your pocketbook too. We watch out for what's in your hand when you bring that offering up there. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, I love this, because as he is, so are we in this world. This proves that God is going to deliver us from judgment. It didn't say just when he comes back and we're at the, at the judgment seat of God, but there's a white throne judgment before that. There's a judgment going on in the body of Christ right now because he said it. It's going to begin there. It has begun. A lot of these places are being shut down, not because of their will. I believe there's divine, you know, judgment making them shut down because they're not doing the will of God. Yeah, they grab the money and go somewhere else. But at least the people are no longer being abused. Uh, so let's look at the precept here about the day of judgment. It said, uh, it says the last judgment. Now that's the big one. Now there's some intermediate judgment, but there's the last judgment. So if we fail the intermediate ones, we can just imagine what's going to happen in the final. The intermediate judgment is when we go ahead and take the chastisement and we try to correct it. We try to get it right. You know, God has shown it to us. He's given us the doctrine to lay it out. You know, God breathed for that reason. Doctrine to help us do it right. Approach to show us what's wrong. Correction to get it right before he comes. Instruct us in righteousness so we can please him. Not man. Not our self-interest. You know, our self-governance. Our own understanding. So that we as men and women of God can be third friends prepared to every good work. You know, what's going to be with us in the end, you know? And it, it, so he talks about prepping us. We always talk about getting prepared for the last judgment. I know we're getting prepared to go be with Jesus in that new heaven, that new earth as a new culture of believers. But hey, we're also getting ready to escape the judgment too. And that is man's final encounter with God. There's going to be a final encounter with God. And we have to live our lives today in light of that reality. We call it living in light of eternity. Because what is our life? Our life is like a vapor. It should have day and gone tomorrow. Then you can't you can't come back and do love that you should have did. Get yourself ready for the judgment at the end while you're here, while you got the breath in your body to do it, while there's your choice. It'd be too late then. You know, it'd be like the man who's saying, I wish I could go back and warn my brother and my sister. You know, give me some, if I had just some cool water, you know, couldn't come back. He was stuck. Stuck in that, that, that gulf, on that side of the gulf where there was no coming back. You know? And so we, we're preparing for the last judgment, too. Just like we said, we're preparing to go and trying to with Jesus. But, hey, there's judgment coming, too. You know, every idle word we heard the other day. 
uh, over in the book of Matthew, verse 17, that book of Matthew, book of Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 and 32 of the King James Bible says this, and we're getting ready to close in a minute. It says, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and I think in terms of the last judgment of man's final encounter with God, okay, Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him. Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations. Nobody's going to escape. And he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. Now is the time that I should be our will and desire to separate so that we'll know what, what group we're going to be separating in, in that in eternity. We should already have knowledge of this now because we're doing the thing. We're taking the necessary steps right now. And, I, and, if, you, and if you skip in love, and you're trying to walk in righteousness and peace and meekness without love, it, it, it doesn't last. It has to be supported by love, love for the Father, love for one another, love for yourself, love for life, love for all the things that God has created. And if we skip that, everything is temporary. It doesn't have any, any holding or keeping power. That's why love has got to always be supreme. It's got to always be the motivation. It's got to be always be what 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 instructs us to do it because I'm doing it out of love for the Father, you know, love for my neighbors as myself, you know. I love this man. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, those that have gone before us, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him, I like this now, before Him shall be gathered all nations, whether they hate it, whether they were murderers, liars, warriors, homeowners, everybody got to stand before him. The great white throne judgment first. And that's when he's going to judge all those evil that are still doing heinous that did not change. And then after that, you know, it's going to come the judgment seat of God, where the righteous people are going to stand to get their reward. You know, by now, the great white throne, he done cleaned out everybody else. He done separated the sheep from the goat. Okay? And so it says, and separate them from one another as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goat. And we know the goat are the ones who don't serve him now. The sheep are the ones who serve him because, you know, sheep got to have a shepherd. And if you picture a shepherd, man, he's got this long pole with a little hook up top. And I and I wondered a lot of times, you know, who who came up with that idea? Whether well, the, the the theory behind it, and I think Pastor Sharon taught on this, is that when you have a shepherd, when something that don't belong in the fold try to come in, it can also hook that thing and pull it out and separate it. But at the same time, if a sheep is struggling and you know falls, it can also pick the sheep up. So it's kind of twofold. It serves the sort of like the word of God, the double-edged sword. You know, cuts the sun like a two-edged sword. Well, that that staff also serves the same purpose. It's to keep the goats out, keep them separated, or anytime anything else that don't belong. Well, he says right there, I'm going to separate just like a sheep, a shepherd with his sheep. So he's he, he he's the same yesterday. He separated yesterday. He's separating today. He's going to separate when he comes back. That's just a part of who God's nature is. 
to separate the good from the bad, you know? Love from hate, the haters from lovers, you know? He's going to do that. He's doing it now, and we see it. It's obvious. Being exposed. Okay, let's go a little bit further as we prepare to close here. Uh, verse, uh, in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 10 of the King James Bible says this, and this is, uh, I got one more verse out there, we'll be finished for this morning. It said, but we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. And it's just so plain and so clear here. That's in the book of Sacramento, chapter 5, verse 10 of the King James Bible. And last verse in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 27 of the King James Bible, it says this now, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment, the judgment. In the book of chapter uh, 9, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 27, the King James Bible. So love right now prepares us for judgment. If we love God and do things that be out of love for God, you know, put on that breastplate of faith and love, you know, just like, you know, we know we're going to be judged. And we, that judgment can happen any time. He could, he could come suddenly like a thief in the night. And the Bible says, pointed a man wants to die in the judgment. And we have to begin to live our life today in light of eternity because what is our life? It's a vapor. It's here today and it's gone. And the only thing we look forward to is the judgment. So with that in mind, we're going to end right there. Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning, Lord God, that you prepare us continuously to walk in love. It prepares us for the judgment that lies ahead of us when you shall come and separate the sheep, Lord God, as a shepherd from the goat, Lord God, and divvy out what is due those goats and what is due those sheep who have endured and followed you to the end, loved you like a good shepherd, Lord God, because you lay down your life for the sheep. You are the, the, the shepherd of the sheepfold. And, Father, you lay down your life for one sheep just like you do the 99. So we give you praise, glory, and honor right now, Lord God. It's love that prepares us for the judgment. It's love that prepares us, God, to please you. It's love that prepares us, oh God, for eternity. And so, Father, we thank and praise you now for ordering our steps, Lord God. Perfect that love in us, Lord God, that we may be able, Lord God, to stand in that judgment, justified. <laughs> because we didn't wait for love. We love now, God, and we pray, God, that it mature and be perfected in us, that people will know that we're loved by you and that we love you and we're able to love others, neighbors, too, as we love ourselves. We give you praise for an honor for it right now. For it's in Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for this lesson this morning. Amen and amen.